Thanks for tuning in to the Undercuts review episode of the Hungarian Grand Prix. Please rate and review wherever you listen and enjoy the show. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. By being a racing driver means you are racing with other people. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. So we had the Hungarian Grand Prix this weekend. You know, before we even get into that, I know we're a little bit late. Um, Let's just first talk about Fernando Alonso. He has decided that he's going to be driving for Aston Martin next season. I'm totally shocked by that. I don't get the decision at all. Um, Nick, you're a huge Fernando fan. What do you think of the choice? Well, I think firstly, we've got to cover up the shock news going into the weekend that Sebastian Vettel was retiring at the end of the season. Um, yeah. But obviously, the, the news that um, that Fernando's going in there is huge. I mean, you've got Lawrence Stroll, who is throwing a lot of money into the team. He is heavily investing in the facility. He took you know, a, a bold decision a couple of years ago to get rid of Checo. Um, he wanted to have a world champion caliber driver in the car. He got Sebastian Vettel in there. Sebastian Vettel announces his retirement, and then you know he need they needed someone. They needed a world caliber, world champion caliber driver, and his son is not that. His son is not that, and uh, <laughs> so you know where do you look? You know Lewis obviously not going anywhere, um, and you know you look to Alonso. He wants to continue. I think that they saw that. Um, Renault or Alpine are in a bit of a precarious spot in that they've got Oscar Piastri, who is, you know, a young driver to to watch, and they've they've got to figure stuff out with him. And while Alpine wanted to to keep Fernando on board, they were saying all the right things, but I I think that Fernando wanted a multi year deal, and I don't think Alpine were were willing to give it to him. And Aston Martin were either that. Or I don't know if you saw Ted Kravitz's qualifying notebook on Saturday after qualifying had finished, but it had a rundown of all the cars that all the drivers get. And you've got the Red Bull family drivers. They're all in like Honda Civic type (laughs) Rs, which is fine. Ferraris guys have got Ferraris. But parked next to the nice shiny new Aston Martins (laughs) were the two Renault Espaces of the Alpine drivers. <laughs> um, I'm not saying I, I hear well from what I read um, that the deal was struck relatively quickly on Sunday evening in the Hungara ring, and I, I just you know maybe they said you can take you can take Lance's DBX or whatever it was that Lance had if uh, if you sign right here, and he's like F the Spass, you know, give me the DBX, off we go, let's let's have it, um, and I think it's a two year deal he's got. So uh, yeah, I'm happy for him. I think it's it's going to be interesting. I think it's uh, you know for Lance, it's going from one world champion teammate to another, proving ground central for for Lance Stroll. Not that his seat's yeah. in any jeopardy. I was going to say yeah, it's, he's that, probably one of the drivers under the least amount of pressure to deliver. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, if they can keep the differential between him and the other driver as big as possible, then he's any any progress he makes versus yeah, that driver was- will be seen as a positive. That's right. I, I saw an after um, after Sebastian Vettel announced his retirement, there was obviously speculation in, in terms of who people thought were going to get the other seat. I think some of the um, odds-on favourites were like Daniel Ricciardo was up there. 
um, Pierre Gasly, who they were talking about as well. Don't think Fernando Alonso appeared on any there. Lawrence Stroll himself appeared on that list in a thousand to one. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not sure. I think it was a bit of a surprise to everyone that that Alonso was announced. But yeah, good. It means we get to see Fernando race for another couple of years because he's 41. He just turned 41 this past weekend. Um, You know, not trying up to his oldies. Um, He's going to be in the sport for another couple of years. And I think that's good. Well, on the back, just one more point on the back of that, I'm seeing that maybe Ricardo might end up at Alpine in in the seat vacated by Alonso. Well, but that's the thing, right? I mean, I've, I've seen in the Twitter sphere, in obviously it's all rumors at this point, but I, I saw that there is speculation that Oscar Piastri has actually got a, a deal in principle with another team that's not Alpine. Um, yeah, people, probably. Well, pe- people are thinking it might be McLaren. Um, mm-hmm. I think that you know. Well, I, I don't think that Oscar Piastri would jump ship at Alpine to go to Williams, but um, there's something yeah. else. The rumor is there's something else out there. All right, so let's get into the weekend qualifying. So Q1, there wasn't a lot of action, uh, but some cars did not do as well as you know we were expecting. Um, but both the Alphas, AlphaTaris, got out in Q1. Both the Williams were out in Q1, and Seb got beat by his teammate, and he was out in Q1. He was really disappointed. Q2, both the Haases were out in Q2. Uh, Joe got out in Q2. Stroll made it out of Q1, but was out in Q2. The big surprise was Checo was not able to get out of the second qualifying. Um, Red Bull did not look great all weekend. Um, and it, it showed in, in the second qualifying session. Yeah, the tractor yeah. seemed to be getting faster and faster as qualifying went on. And I think Checo put in a lap early on and it just didn't ha- hold up, I guess, as everybody completed. He stayed in the pits and a gamble didn't pay off, I suppose. Yeah, I think in, in every session, things got faster. I mean, look no further than yeah. I know we're, we're talking about Q3. Well, just about to start talking about Q3. But free, pack, free practice three, Latifi. Top of the time sheets. <laughs> How about that? Well, didn't Latifi actually in which part of qualifying was it in the first in Q one? Didn't Latifi put in a purple first sector, a green second sector, but then still went out in Q? It still didn't make Q, it through. He like, still didn't make it out. Right? Nobody yeah. knows yeah, what happened. Right. In the, what happened in that last sector? <laughs> what did he Latifi do? doing <laughs> what Latifi does? He just. He just <laughs> like destroyed his tires in the first three corners and then had no grip the rest of the, <laughs> the rest I of the saw lap. a goat goatee fee meme or something like that calling him <laughs> the greatest of all time goatee fee. <laughs> anyway said no one ever said no all one right so we get to q3 q3 was awesome um George got his first pole position of his career he had a crazy lap I thought Carlos had it um, but George put in un- unbelievable lap. Um, yeah, and when you, and when you look at it in the context of their Friday, Friday they weren't really anywhere. Yeah, you go to Saturday. Obviously, it was wet in practice three, but they just could not get any heat in their tires in the Mercedes. So you kind of looked at it and go, "Wow, that's you know, not really much, not really much happening in in the Mercedes this week." I mean, I actually. I downgraded them in my in my Coops F1 picks out of the top six 
um, or maybe to six and seven or something like that. Because seeing what was happening on Friday and Saturday, I did not see the speed in that car. But George put it on pole. First pole, he's got to be happy with that. He better be. That was amazing. And yeah, then- I mean, I guess it did. If you want to be a bit, a bit of a Debbie Downer, it didn't. It did help him that obviously Max wasn't able to to put in any sort of lap um, with his power issues, um, and then supposedly Hamilton's DRS wouldn't open at all, which is obviously going to cost right. him enough. So, you know, so many tenths. But hey, don't take it away from George. It's it's been a long time coming. Um, I'm sure by now, based on what we thought going into the season, he probably might have had a, a, a Grand Prix victory or two by now, but obviously that hasn't worked out with McLaren's, uh, no, sorry, Mercedes' performance so far this year, but um, probably the first of many, I'd assume, for, for George. Yeah, I think so too. And then your Ferraris rounded out the top three in, in qualifying. Carlos getting P2, like I said before, I mean, he was off George's time by like four one hundredths of a second. It was really close. And then Charles was a little bit behind. Um, Max was having issues. He was getting really upset during the whole entire session. Yeah. Um, And he got P10, which is unheard of for him. I was getting a bit, I mean, Max is Max. is Max. He's always that way in the car. And I guess that's just part of how drivers deal with the pit wall. I'm impressed um, with how the guys on the pit wall deal with the drivers. You know, Max is, haven't we fixed this before, guys? Come on, guys. Why isn't this fixed? What's going on? Why haven't we fixed this? And they're just like, okay, Max, fail 21 yeah, or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought he was complaining a bit too much. He was just a bit unlucky. But, yeah, it was, it was as a Ferrari guy, it was great to see the, the Red Bulls down in 10 and 11. Um, and the Ferraris, you know, not on pole, but 2-3. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, why not? That seems, seems great based on the season so far. You'd, you'd assume that Russell couldn't hold on to that spot and – it would be uh, all to play for on, on race day. Yeah, some other guys that had great laps. Um, Lando plays P4, which is really great for the McLaren. But they, they looked really good all weekend. They were looking really fast. Lando was in the top five in every session coming in. Um, Alcon and Alonso right behind them with uh, P5 and P6, really good on the Alpines. And then Lewis was back in P7. Um, you know, with how the weekend was going, that's probably, you know, as best as they thought they were going to get. Um, but not what they were looking for with what they've done in the past couple weekends. Baltas back in Q3. It's been a while. I don't exactly remember when was the last time he was in Q3, but it's been a while. And then Danny got P9. And then of course, Max, Max and P10 to round out, round out the rest of Q3. Um, so a really mixed up group of, uh, group of drivers, um, which made for an exciting start to the race. So both the Red Bulls took new power units, um, but they were still part of their pool, so they weren't penalized for it. Yeah, I think it's um, only their second, right? Or is it? Or they just gone on to their third? But I, I think they ground the rest of the issues. grid. They both had issues in an early on race, so it's probably their third, is my guess. Yeah, but I, I, when you look at some people, obviously take Ferraris. Science he's taken penalties. We've already seen penalties coming and we're just over halfway through. At this rate, you know, Red Bull might be the only ones that don't have a penalty by the end of the season, uh, even with this. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting towards the end of the season as, as those engine credits start drying up and people start getting penalties. I don't really like it. 
but it you know it mixes the grid up at the end of the year. Continue the conversation on pine-sports.com. That's P-I-N-E-sports.com and the Pine Sports Discord, which you can find linked on the website. And join us in a -a one-of-a-kind fantasy Formula One contest at coopsf1.com. That's C-O-O-P-S-F number one dot com, where you can put your theories to the test. We get to the start of the race. The Ferraris were pushing on George early, but he was driving really impressively with his defense, holding them off for a few laps. Yeah, it was a little rainy at the start. Um, Little, you know, spots of drizzle. You know, I think at one point it was like, well, is it going to set in? Are they, you know, might they be starting on the Inters? I think there were a few decisions, Red Bull in particular, they were looking at starting on the hard tire, but then on the way around to the grid, you know, the temperatures were cooler and with the threat of a little bit of drizzle, they switched to the soft. Um, and George was on the soft as well. Ferraris were on the mediums. So with that tire advantage at the start, George could pull away. But then, you know, was it like after a few laps, four or five laps, the drizzle stopped and the Ferraris started gaining on, gaining on him a little. Um, and that's how, you know, that was the tale of the battle at the start of the race. Yeah, um, Albon had contact with someone on lap one. I didn't see who it was. I think it was Vettel. Okay, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, he just tapped Vettel. Um, So he had to come in, well, immediately for a new... Was he a new... New nose. New nose, yeah. The right right side of his his nose was hanging off. Yeah, well, that's what caused a a virtual safety car, right, for a a couple of laps. Yeah. and that helped out. That helped George too, because he got a great jump on the Ferraris on the restart there, which put them well out of DRS range. He was two, two and a half seconds off down the road when that restarted. So yeah, George has done well off the last couple of virtual safety cars. He's he's got like the timing down of it all, or something, or someone's in his ear and they're giving him some good coaching. Because yeah, yeah, I mean, he's he's caught the others napping a little bit over the last couple of races and you know taking full advantage. So then we start racing again on lap three. Um, lap seven, we see another black and orange flag. <laughs> um, Kevin Magnuson, this is absurd. I mean, this is like five or six so far this year. And when we saw the first one, we we're like, has anyone ever seen this before? Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> Pierre's had like two or three on his own. But yeah, another black and orange flag. And that kind of ruined his race from the start. Put him right at the back. They were so early after the VSC that um, he wasn't really able to recover much. And he will. He and he was the first. So just you know to set up some foreshadowing for later on. Magnussen uh, pit went into the pit, and came out on the hard tire. So that was the first chance the team could see yeah. what the hard tire could do. Um, I and mean, admittedly, in a quite hash, quickly but... became evident that <laughs> that was not the right. <laughs> it was not the tire to be on. Well, to everybody except for one team. <laughs> well, not com- not completely. I'll be a bit okay. of an apologist. We'll get to that. all right so we get to lap 10 and the red bulls are moving up the field um max is in p6 already after starting in p10 and checo is in p7 from starting in 11th so they might have been struggling in qualifying pace but their early on race pace is is looking good and max was driving a a smart race at the very beginning i I think on the uh, replay of the 
race start, there was sort of a, a gap opened up in front of him towards the first corner and he didn't like slam it in there as much as he might um, when he was, uh, uh, you know, where he, thinking about the season as a whole, where he was in the, in the grid. Cars yeah, he was around definitely him. the world championship leader starting from the middle of the pack type start. Yeah, you know, sort of that he, mature. He found, he found a space rather than finding a gap, right? Yeah, I think, that's, it, yeah, probably. I think it was and, very, very smart. Yeah, I mean, and did was, check and Checo got by him at the start, right? I, there was definitely a little bit of yeah, a bit of swapping going on between the yeah. two of them. Yeah, I believe Checo was ahead for a bit, and then they sort of un swapped. And they undid that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then a couple laps later, Lando gets passed by both Lewis and Max in one turn, and then by the end of that lap, he also gets passed by Checo. So he is gone in one lap from P4 to P7, which is still a good spot for the McLaren, but from where he started. Yeah, and I think that's not a, what that's a unique for. feature of this circuit. Well, maybe not this. It, there's only one DRS detection zone at the Hungara ring. And so if you get by with the first in the first DRS zone, you go around the first corner and then you still have DRS advantage over the guy that you just overtook. And I, and it was, yeah. you know, this was a classic case of in the space of two corners, Lando at the front gets swamped by everyone that had DRS and he didn't. So it's it's a little unfair, I guess, that you know, you can go from one DRS zone to another and not have the ability to reset it so that if you've just got overtaken, you can at least fight back. Hopefully that's something they'll look at for next year, but they only had one this year. I didn't realize that. There's only one detection zone for yeah. two DRS zones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't maybe it's right. a, Maybe it's a virtue of the two DRS zones coming so close to one another. Yeah. Um, They're basically yeah, right but, after, before and after the first corner. But Austria has that too, but they have different detection zones, yeah. right? Yeah. So we get to lap 17, and George pits from the lead. Um, he comes out in sixth. He's ahead of Alonzo, and then Sainz pits on the next lap, but George did great with the undercut, and he's able to stay ahead of Sainz. I mean, because with Verstappen pitted as well, right? They they all pitted, but Verstappen and Russell both pitted on lap 16, got rid of their softs, put on mediums. So they're good to go as far as like the regulations. Science came in only one lap later, but he was on he was on medium tires. So he what was, was the mediums. point? What's the point of starting on mediums if you're not going to go longer than the guys on softs, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's, they're covering the undercut when they didn't have to because they've got the tire that lasts longer. Right. I didn't understand what they were doing there. So they just put and and they came back out on mediums. It's very early in the race. They're on. They've done one stop. They haven't used the mediums correctly. Now they're. Behind the eight ball, how are they going to get to the end of the race? Uh, having to do another stop and meet the regs to, to use all the I mean, clearly at that, at that point, the one stop, you know, there are always going to be two stops. Yeah. The fact is, though, that now they've got to go the rest of the race on a medium and then a soft. Yeah, very, very, very if long. You're going to do it, if you're going to do it right. I mean, Hamilton came in on lap 19 to do me- medium to medium as well. Um, but uh, the, the Ferraris, I, I didn't, didn't make sense to me. They should have stayed out longer. But anyway, yeah. So I guess Max pitted earlier than all of them. Uh, he um, both, they both pitted on lap sixteen. Verstappen and oh, Russell. Okay. Then Sainz okay. on seventeen, Perez on eighteen, Hamilton nineteen, and then Leclerc was the last one to pit on on twenty one of the of the leaders. 
All right, so we get to lap 22. George is still in the lead at this point. Charles has switched spots with Carlos. Um, like you guys were saying, he stayed out a little bit longer, and it, it paid off for him. Yeah. Carlos was right behind him, and Max is up into P4 already. Um, Ocon is in P5, but he hasn't pitted yet at this point. And then Lewis in sixth, Checo in seventh. Lando is down to eighth now at this point. Botas is still in ninth, and Joe is up into tenth. Um, I'm not sure if he's pitted. He probably hasn't pitted at this point. But still, good good for Alfa Romeo to have both of their drivers in the top 10, 20 laps into the race. Um, and then we get to lap 24. Danny has a, I mean, it was a little bit of luck because um, the Alpines were battling each other. But Danny was able to pass both of them in one turn. It was uh, it was cool. That was really the only shining moment from Danny. <laughs> that was his one, one and only highlight of the whole weekend, yeah. I think. <laughs> of the season, really. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. It was good to see him getting racy. I was yeah. you know, watching that going, oh, good. Might, we, you know, we might see him get stuck in. Um, you know, Obviously, he's still not to, got to grips with, with the McLaren. But it was good to see him actually taking a fight to people and getting getting stuck in on the track. So he's clearly still got the fire. He's not sitting back and just riding around. He's he is he's a racer after all. Yeah. We get to lap thirty, and George and Charles are having a nice battle for a few laps. But George is just driving really well defensively, just like at the start. Um, he's doing a great job holding Charles up. But ultimately, on the next lap, lap thirty one. Charles is able to get ahead with a really ballsy late breaking move. Um, but it worked for him. And Charles is in the lead of the race, 30 laps in. It was a good move. You know, he, he set it up a couple of corners prior. You know, the, the couple of laps before George was harvesting his battery all the way around so that he could have just full battery deployment on the on the straight um to try and keep ahead of Charles. I think on the lap where Charles did get him. He perhaps moved inside just a little early and and just showed his hand rather than just staying in that that zone where there's not quite sure which side of him to go, um, mm-hmm. and that ultimately meant that Charles could be super late on the break. But knowing that if he didn't manage to get it done there, he still had the DRS into the next one, and I think he would have probably got it done. But uh, yeah, Charles in the you know a Ferrari in the lead of the race. Uh, yeah. On lap thirty, <laughs> yeah. get, get Mattia Bonotto on the uh, on the pit wall. Let's talk to him now. It's a foregone conclusion. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then lap forty, we get the first. Well, I guess not the first, but Ferrari putting Charles on the hard tires. We had seen other cars struggling on those tires. Um, it was an interesting choice from them. Martin, what were your thoughts at the time? <laughs> well, again, it's an, it's too early. It, Max just stopped, right? He went on to medium, so he's going to have to run the whole rest of the race on a, on another medium tire. Um, Charles has only done, what, it's 21, it's only 18 laps in on on medium tires. Uh, that's, that's like how far the softs could go longer than that or about that. So he should have more laps in it. Again, they're scared of the undercut, too reactionary. And yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the, the, the commentators were couldn't have said it any any better. The, the, the hard tire was rubbish. I think they called it like uh, oiled oak or something like that. A <laughs> uh, dog on lino, you might hear us say. But <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was 
it was a disaster. Just, I, I just, just a, sh- a shake of the head. And when yeah, we all saw what we all saw what happened. Although, right, so Charles comes out. He's he's in the lead, uh, but Max is all over him and overtakes him. But then, what? Max spins out. Probably yeah, quite quickly, right? The following lap, right? Literally, yeah. the, the end of that same lap. He he does a sweet three sixty. <laughs> I mean, it was he, nice. I mean, he hardly broke stride. It, it was yeah. it was impressive to watch. It he really lost was. he lost a second or not yeah not a second or two top tops spinning the car and everything and kept it going in the right direction not didn't hit anything uh, didn't yeah. seem to harm his tires you know he he dropped down a position there right but then got it straight back yeah I mean it was just a, like you said it was just a couple laps later I mean Charles on the hard tires no DRS uh, yeah. it was just Max it got by him easily I, I just don't know how Ferrari keep keep doing this like it's just just been one just you know if it's not a an engine not a technical issue it's a driver mistake or it's a strategy i mean this this race was was all strategy right there was no massive accidents with there was the virtual safety car briefly at the very beginning there's another one right at the very end which was basically meaningless so this was really was a race for the strategists and i think one that shows the strength of Red Bull, right? That the discussions that they've clearly had. It was a lot cooler day on Sunday, which I think changed everything around the, the performance. There's a culture in that team, in the Ferrari team, that is quite different from Red Bull. And I think we talked a little bit at this earlier in the season when Ferrari first started making mistakes. And you know, you look at Mercedes when the decisions need to be made, they make those decisions. Red Bull are in exactly the same spot. They've got the benefit of being in the position to win races for a couple of seasons. Well, obviously seasons before that. So they have that presence of mind and they have that key decision-making ability to not be too married to something that is clearly not going to work. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, I've not heard of um, the Red Bull strategist before, Hannah, Hannah Schmidt, but she's been getting all of the praise from, from Christian and, and others post, post-race. And I saw her interview with her talking about the different discussions that they had around strategy. And Yeah. I mean, I think there was Ruth Bonscombe before she was, I don't know, maybe there's uh, something to be said for having ladies calling the strategies because it seems to be working pretty well. Um <laughs> For them, it was a good good day for English ladies all around. Yeah, with there you go. Oh, yeah, good segue. Very good. Nice. Euro soccer as well. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Major major tournament victory for England. Um, it's coming so, home. <laughs> the, the old meme, like fifty six years later. Oh, fuck it, I'll just get it myself. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> The men for fifty six years saying it's coming home, and then it's like, all right, fine. The ladies go on. We'll, we'll, let us, we'll do it for you. All right. Anyway, back Different to this sport. sport. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a few guys who pit from the lead because Max and Charles were battling a little bit farther back. Um, Carlos pits from the lead, um, and I guess Ferrari learned their lesson and pit him onto mediums. Onto softs, you mean? Yeah, onto softs. Carlos goes onto softs, yeah. And then Lewis does the same thing a couple laps later. He pits onto softs. He he drops down into P5. Um, George is able to get ahead of Charles, um, and he's up into P2. 
Yeah, the thing you got to remember at this stage of the race, there's a lot less fuel on the cars. There's a lot more rubber on the track. You know, whereas at the start of the race, those guys that start on softs, they're coming in on lap 16 to 18 or so. That's all the life that they have in them. But with much less fuel and much more rubber on the track, those tires are a better tire at the end of the race than than the start. Put it that way. It just it just a punch. It's a punch in the gut. Just looking what Hamilton did at the end of the his his strategy. He did he did 19 laps on the mediums to start off with. Then he did a massive stint, 31 laps on mediums, uh, and then went on to used softs at the very end with the lighter car. And then he stormed through the field right to get get up to second. Yeah, I mean, if only McLaren stayed out stayed out on those mediums, gone on to the softs at the end, uh, should have been like in the back. Just yeah, but. Ugh. <laughs> that's what they that's what they all did they all did some combination of soft medium medium or medium medium soft the top five five guys five or six so in in seventh was uh at the end i know we're not through to quite to the end of the race yet but seventh was lando lando did do a stint on the hard but he committed to it and kept it yeah and he went you know he scored a comparative victory in, in that regard in that he only lost three places from the start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, like you said, like he stuck with it. Ferrari just gave up and they pit Charles again. Um, and he drops down to sixth and he just has no shot of getting up to the podium spots again. Mattia got so mad. He just stormed off the pit wall. He was just like, I'm out of here. Goes through the garage into the paddock he's done he's done with it yeah a lot of ferrari fans felt the same way we all feel like we're done with it for yeah. now like it's the it's it's the hope that kills you the hope is gone now does um, he not take any of the blame though i don't know what the hierarchy's like i don't know how hot his seat is i'm sure it must be must be pretty hot i mean it, maybe he can take some solace in the improvement that ferrari's shown you know, year on year, comparatively, right? You know, they're in the fight this year. They, they, they clearly haven't been in the past few years. So maybe yeah, you can point to that. I don't know. Is um, that going to save him? It's one of those things. It's like, he's got to make the change. If he doesn't make the change, the change will be made for him and it'll yeah. be him that's changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the teams have Im- have improved, you know, this season. You know, Red Bull had issues at the very beginning, they, they've fixed that. You know, McLaren had bit, massive issues at the beginning. Mercedes had massive issues at the beginning. They've all improved and solidified their positions. Ferrari haven't really gone gone anywhere. They've gone backwards, if anything. They were the, the top team, and now they're struggling to be second, and Mercedes have a real shot to to take that second spot from them. I think that's that's where the, the fight is now. Who's going to get second? And Ferrari still has the fastest car. I mean, they, they show yeah. that... Nick was you were talking about it in the last episode about that that uh graphic that they showed up with how the teams have done from the beginning of the year till now and Ferrari is still the fastest car but they just the strategy can't, is just ruining it, all, it can't put it all together yeah, I mean that's it you can have the performance but if you keep you know fumbling it on you can like to use an American football metaphor you can have the ball the whole time but you still have to get it in the end zone. If you fumble it on the one yard line, you, it doesn't count. There's no points for that. Yeah. He has to give up the corner. I had to bounce ahead. What is wrong with these people? We get to lap 63. Lewis is able to get by Carlos on the pit straight. 
Um, he was right up on him right as the straight started, um, and he was able to get by him pretty pretty easily. And I guess he was behind George at this point. Yeah, so he was still behind at this George at this point. Yeah, and then then you had the little bit of a tussle right between George on right. an older medium tire and and a charging Lewis on the soft tire. It, it was always going to be that Lewis would go by. I wasn't expecting them to quite race like that. I think everyone was yeah. just expecting, you know, obviously very different strategies. You know, Lewis go on get after Max, um, and he did, but. Really, I think at that point they just said race, but just don't crash into each other. Because yeah, it'd be nice to go ahead and catch Max, but really he's a long way up the road at this point. And that was really it. Nothing happened after the VSC. That kind of ended the race. There was like one lap of racing after that, but that was it. Max so, wins again. Yeah, and Bottas I mean, was how, the only retirement. He, he, Bottas, he, yeah, yeah, he's classified uh, at twenty. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but no other retirements. Yeah, yeah. Sonoda was two laps behind everybody else. Either one lap behind or on the on the completed the seventy laps. Yeah, I mean, where do you where do you rate that as a drive for for Max? It's got to be one of his best. I mean, a few things certainly broke his way. A few, like we said, fumbles by by Ferrari, but uh, also great calls, like like we've said from from his own yeah. pit wall. If, if you were to script it, you'd have probably scripted it to come on those particular laps. You know, yeah. I mean, well, just, a, just a, a, a great drive by him. A lot of maturity, a lot of patience. Yeah, Verstappen pitted early. They pitted him early. It was ultimately the same lap that George pitted. So that was, you know, they weren't really racing George at that point. I think they thought that he was maybe going to be a little further back and that Charles was the guy that they wanted to race. And so that was probably what prompted them to bring him in when they did. But they called it perfectly. And then they they sort of saw how they reacted, saw how Ferrari reacted and then went for another relatively early stop yeah. um, in the second. And again, they saw Ferrari, you know, they they played their bluff. They, they knew what Ferrari were going to do almost, I think. And with the Ferraris being on that medium tire at the start, they knew that they were never going to be able to keep up with them till the end. Great strategy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Max won again. Another double podium for Mercedes in a row. Um, they have seemed to fix their issues from early on. I mean, they're definitely still a little bit down in pay- on pace from the top two teams, but with their reliability, they are pushing for the second spot in the constructors. Um, I mean, they're not that far off at this 30, point. 30 points, I think it is now. 30 30 points. points. And Ferrari are almost a hundred points behind Red Bull. Yeah. So um, things have changed. (laughs) So let's get to the winners. I mean, every, every week now, Max is, is on this list. Yeah. It's it's automatic at this point, right? I mean, something has to go wrong for him not to win each week. Right. If the, the way that they're, they're operating as a team and as him as a driver. It's pretty much faultless. Mercedes, another great weekend for them. Like we said, double podium. Lewis getting the fastest lap. They're, George getting the pole position. Yeah, yep. George getting the pole yep. position. Lewis beating his teammate again after starting farther down. Yeah, I think I think that was also a, a slight difference. Just you know, 
with George being on pole position, Lewis being back in, was he six? Was he, se- he was seventh, I think. Seventh, yeah. It meant that Mercedes could be a little bit more risky with the strategy on Lewis. I Well, obviously, I'm, I'm not sort of saying it was all him. Obviously, we all know Lewis is one of, if not not the greatest that there's ever been. Um, George is really good too. But I think with the strategy with George, they just paid it a little bit more conservatively. So I put as the last winner, Lando. Um, there could have been a few people. Alpine had a great weekend. Uh, Seb, you could put as a winner. But I put Lando. Um, even though he lost those those spots, he was the best of the rest. Yeah. I mean, it was just very impressive from him. Um, and his qualifying lap was was, was great. Um, oh, yeah. So, so a really good weekend from from the McLaren team all around other than Danny's race. Yeah, Big, Biggest gap the, really between teammates there between uh, Norris in seventh and what yeah Ricardo down in 15th or so yeah Yeah. I mean he just had a you know a good lap one good lap in the race where he kind of got a bit racy but yeah it's disappointing all around but yeah some good racing different strategies to talk about it's not all everyone doing the same thing I think yeah a little bit of that was the little bit of drizzle that came along at the start that you know had people starting on different tires, um, made it a little bit more interesting and a bit more variables and uh, different ways that Ferrari, Ferrari can upset Martin. <laughs> they can't upset me anymore. <laughs> I think all Ferrari fans, we all feel the same way now. We're all done. Say that now. Yeah. This is this is how we're going to – we're going to somehow come – come third. I can see it. I just it's like, how can you be a Ferrari fan and an England fan? Soccer fan. Ferrari has disappointed me. Now I'm just waiting for the World Cup to be yeah. disappointed and again. And you're a Giants fan. Oh, man. <laughs> a New York Giants, Giants fan? New York football Giants fan. New York football Ugh. Giants, yeah. They're not going to do any better this season. They're going to be terrible. They're going to lose to my birds. Phillies are going to do... Oh, sorry, the Eagles are going to do that much better either. Uh, oh, we shall see. All right, everybody. So, losers. Anything you want to add about Ferrari? I hope they take the time to to sort it out. That's all. I hope it just. I don't know. I don't know what they need to do to fix it. But um, they need to get some a new strategist. Yeah, to start. maybe turn it around and just chip away a little bit at, at Max's lead and see what happens. But yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. see it. I mean, this was the moment having Max and P10 to start the race. This was yeah. the one to and turn last, around. You know, with, and in France too, you know, Charles crashing out from the from the lead. You know, yeah. should have been maximum points for Charles in those two races. These two races, and uh, in the end, he gets yeah. one sixth place. And then, of course, we talked about it a little bit. Danny, you got to put him as a loser in this one. I hate to do it, but from starting in the top 10, Lando had a good race, um, losing six spots in the race. Um, it's, it's bad. His ninth race this season without scoring any points. Um, just not good. Not good. Should they make a change? I mean, you said maybe Piastri is going to be going there. I mean, they, they, they're going to have to make a decision soon. Yeah, I mean, it, I say there's there's all the different dominoes that need to fall now. You know, now that the Alpine seat is open, it's going to be who gets that, and then who's out of a seat, and what's P 
Pierre Gasly going to do? And who's still, you know, who, who's in contract, who's out of contract? It's always, yeah, the run up to the summer break is when the first lot of things start to fall. And then we go through the summer break and then we've got back to back to back weekends in Belgium, Netherlands, and then on to Italy before heading off to Asia, but three consecutive race weekends. And nice. there's a lot of deals being done um, when they get back from the break. So expect to see a lot fall into place. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, yeah, there's six, potentially six open seats right now. Uh, one at Alpha, one at, so Alpha Romeo, Alpha Tari. Yeah, no. Joe's not uh, Joe's not signed. Yeah, for the like next year. Schumacher right? has to imagine they're going to keep him though. Schumacher's not signed yet, and the both Williams seats are unsigned. Is it uh, as it is mm. right now? Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Albon. Yeah, I mean Albon potentially if if Gasly goes somewhere else, yeah. then do they bring up bring Albon back into? Tori, I mean, full circle back to where he began, almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Red Bull obviously always have a big stable of younger development drivers, but I think Yuri Vips was their main guy in F two, and they fired him. Yeah, uh, for his. Well, they have a uh, what's that other guy's name? Liam Lawson. He's pretty good, yeah. and that new guy Iwasa. He's young, but he seems to be pretty good too. But it, it'll be interesting. Um, any other losers you guys would like to add? I mean, there are a few. Choose from Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tari, Latifi. <laughs> yeah, all the other guys really just had a, had a race to, to forget, really. There was nothing, you know, yeah, too much going on. You know, Alpine kind of went, went for it with their one-stop strategy and it like sort of paid off by getting those spots uh, at the bottom end of the yeah. top 10. Um, but everybody has, you know, yeah, Alfa Romeo just didn't really feature, did they? I mean, so Alpine had the two cars in the top 10, but they had the same amount of points that Lando got by himself. So they just kind of stayed with that four point yeah. cushion. And then Coops, we had a chance to look at it. Yeah. So Coops F1, decent scores this week. You know, when you get the top six guys all, all finishing, you know, helps people out. Um, Phil JS uh, got the top top score. He and he got the biggest move. Moved up fifty nine spots for the standings. Yeah, Nick, you you dropped. You're in the top ten. You've dropped down to tenth now. Plummeted down to tenth. Yeah. Um, Emilio Villa is in second, and Paul Clark still holds on to top spot. Um, I'm not doing so so great. I think I dropped. I'm down eighty eighty sixth or so. I somehow stayed in the same spot. This is like two or three times now where everybody moves around me. But Everybody's I like, all right, yeah, you're 20th. So, I mean, yeah. out of, you know, nearly 300 uh, players, top 20, top 10, you, you guys are showing your, flashing your credentials. Yes. But uh, see if you can, see if you can take, take, you take the, you take a break too to think about your picks for Bel- for Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> I think I overthought mine this weekend, unfortunately. I think Mercedes is what did it to you. Yeah. yeah. I, I was watching practice on Friday, and I, I should stop doing that, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> Mercedes always start terribly on Friday and get it, you know, hook it up in time for the race, as is there. I was like, talent. should I put Latifi in the top 10? But <laughs> After he top I, practice, yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
And it was looking like maybe it was going to continue raining for qualifying, but it didn't. Yeah, so now I'm only 41 points behind you, Nick. Yikes. I've, I've, I've lost lot. 160 points. You're, a lot, to, closer uh, than, you're a lot closer than Leclerc is to Max, and there's a lot more points available. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I'll let everybody know when we are expecting to have Nick Hennian on. It'll be sometime in August. And then we have Belgium next. That's right. Belgium uh, on the 28th. Yeah. Last year we did not get a race. Um, So hopefully, and that was George's first podium. So (laughs) hopefully it'll be a little more exciting this time than last time. Strategy always interesting there. Such a long lap, only a 47 lap race. It's in the 40s somewhere. So, you know, if you don't come in on one lap, it's a long way to go around again for the, for the next stop. So, something very different to some of these you know 70 lap races that we've been used to the past few few times out but a great circuit one of the classics yeah yeah i'm thinking lando's gonna do well he was looking really remember he was pushing for pole in the last one but then he had that crazy crash yeah Not some cr- some great corners la source always, always think lando's but gonna do well you always think lando's <laughs> gonna do well and that'll only grow over the next uh, four weeks as well yeah and, and, and time will wash away my Ferrari, ro- my Ferrari woes as well, and <laughs> I'll be back on it. Let's see Russell get his first win. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Thanks for listening to The Undercut with Jason, Martin, and Nick. Please rate and review wherever you listen, and we'll see you next time.